Hello and welcome to this episode of Online Store Success with me, Jodie Minto. Today we are chatting with Emma Eagle from Forever Dolls. You do not want to miss this episode where Emma shares with us her seven-year e-commerce journey that took her from a corporate compliance gig to a online e-commerce store selling dolls. How she's gone from having 300 dolls stashed in her linen cupboard, unable to sell them, almost ready to give them away, to doing 200k months. You do not want to miss this episode. It's full of amazing information and strategies and advice and motivation to keep you going in your e-commerce business. Tune in, let's get started. Hello, I'm your host, Jody Minto, and welcome to my podcast, Online Store Success. My mission is to help other emerging entrepreneurs crack the code for e-commerce success for a life of uncapped income, flexibility, and fun. I'm an award-winning seven-figure e-commerce fashion founder, a certified digital marketer, and business and life coach. I'm also a Prosecco-loving wife, mother of two teens, a Facebook ads nerd, and a crazy animal lover. I've been in business for over 20 years now, and during that time, I've helped hundreds of others start and scale their online e-commerce stores through my coaching programs. I love all things business and know firsthand how rewarding it is to have a career on your own terms, turning a passion into a profitable business and the freedom and flexibility that comes with it. Each week, I'm going to share with you the ups and downs of this crazy e-commerce journey that we call life and help you start that business of your dreams or help scale your existing online store. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to this episode of Online Store Success with me, Jody Minto. Today, I am really, really excited. I have a guest, Emma Eagle from Forever Dolls, joining us to talk about her journey, what it's like to start an e-commerce business, how the idea even came about, the manufacturing, the digital marketing, everything in between, the roller coaster that is e-com, and I cannot wait to chat with you. Welcome, Emma. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for being here. Hi, Jodie. Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited. Oh, no, I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> now, just for context, we have actually worked together. Um, Emma did my Ecom Ads Academy program uh, last year, and we can sort of chat a little bit about that at the end. But this is all about your story, your e-commerce story, uh, you know, lessons learned, challenges, things you could have told your former self in order to uh, help others on who might be just at the beginning of their journey but also it's a really nice uh it's really nice for us to stop and pause and reflect on our journey so so fast because often we just keep going we're like a mouse on the wheel we just keep working absolutely yeah and we never stop and go hold on a minute look how far I've come look at all the things I've actually accomplished so uh so that's what this is about for you too so again thank you so much for being here um your business and I I will link everything in the bottom uh to your page but your website is so so beautiful and your branding and your socials are just gorgeous uh it's taken a while to get there it definitely wasn't like that in the beginning it's it's (laughs) so impressive yeah I do also have to mention though that you know Shopify is always my go-to but you I know you're on WooCommerce right I'm a Woo girl yeah and it causes a little bit of controversy when (laughs) I say it but I am a massive Woo fan and I think I yeah I always will be you, well, your site is beautiful and I'm, I'm assuming your site is a custom build. It's not a theme or a template. 
Uh, no, it is a theme, but, but it's one of the very highly customizable themes. And that's the beauty of Woo. There is so much you can do. So, yeah. so much. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, like I said, I'll link so everyone can see it for themselves. Yeah. It's beautiful. And people come to me, oh, Shopify. And then I sometimes see your site pop up and I'm like, oh, but the Woo one is really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just the fees, like the fees in Shopify are just so much. And they keep going up and up and up. So, yeah. 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 Okay. Well, no, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it's a, you're proving me wrong that you know, <laughs> we're as good. So tell me, tell us a little bit about, let us, you tell me about your business, at, you know, your journey so far, how long you've been in business. Tell us a little bit about. Yeah, sure. So we, this is my seventh year in business. And I, like you just said, just stopping to recognize that, like, I never thought I'd get here, to be honest, at some points it was, it was a, real struggle so I'm really happy to still be in business after seven years which is an achievement in itself but I started my business when I was still working in my corporate role so I had a very high level very stressful corporate role in corporate compliance which is very dry like looking at legislation applying it to a business and it was <laughs> oh, it was, do you know what? I was really good at it, but it was really mm. boring, <laughs> really boring. Yeah. Um, and it was a very high pressure job. It was a very stressful job. And as I kept having my babies, I've got four girls. Um, when I was on baby, baby number three, I thought, oh, this is getting tricky now, mm. being at my level and having this many children. And then when I got pregnant with baby number four, I was like, I actually don't think I'm going to be able to do this any longer. It just wasn't, it wasn't healthy. It was really stressful. It wasn't good for my husband. wasn't good for my kids. So I managed to negotiate a, um, a redundancy with them. So I got paid to retire from my corporate role, which was great. But in sort of 18 months prior to um, leaving corporate, I had started Forever Dolls because I could kind of see the writing was on the wall a little bit and I needed a creative outlet because the corporate job was so dry. And, um, yeah, so I tried to find a like an e-commerce business to start and really just stumbled into dolls, which had had I known then what I know now about the toy business. Oh, really? Dolls. I never would have started down the doll path, <laughs> never. But, hey. Oh, yeah. hindsight's a tricky and one. Yeah, hindsight. When, and when so you're years in, it's like, oh, is it too late to change my mind? I know, <laughs> I know. This is the thing. My um, my then oldest daughter, she was six, and she desperately wanted an American Girl doll for mm. her birthday. And at that stage, you could really only buy them from America, online from America, and it would have cost about 500 Australian dollars to get one over here which I was like, I am not paying $500 for a doll. I'm sorry. (laughs) And I just thought, hey, if this is, if she wants it and I can't get her, this obviously. So I just went down this rabbit warren of looking at this product and ended up buying a sample of 300 dolls really, really quickly, actually. It all happened so quickly. And then I had these 300 dolls come in and they sat in my linen cupboard for about (laughs) nine months. (laughs) I didn't sell a single one for the first nine months of my wow. business, which was really scary. Like, because then I thought, what on earth am I going to do? You opened my linen cupboard and it was just full of these tiny little bodies. It was, it was really just bizarre. My husband was like, you really got to get rid of those dolls. <laughs> so I started to 
just jumped online. I was looked at what's happening in America. Because obviously American Girl doll lovers there. I was just Googling frantically thinking, how do I get rid of these dolls? I'm going to have to gift everyone a doll. And at that time, my dolls just had blonde, like brunette or um, blonde hair. And I saw in America there was this big movement to do these upgrades for American Girl dolls where you could buy these rainbow, beautiful rainbow wigs that you could put on the American Girl dolls as an aftermarket customization. Yeah. So I thought, I'm just going to grab some of those wigs and see if that helps sell them. Yeah. And I literally sold all 300 dolls in three, four weeks or something like that. It was literally, so that one small the doll was exactly the same. Everything was exactly the same. I just changed the hair. And that's to the rainbow hair? To the it's... rainbow hair. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So that small pivot changed yep. our business entirely. It's That's so, such an amazing, I mean, lesson for anyone that might be now currently in the in their sort of uh, early stages of their business trying to figure out why is no one buying my thing? Like, it could be just a small little pivot, a little product, yes. you know, redirect, yeah. a little accessory to tiz it up. I suppose the the that was, I guess, made it a, gave it a point of difference. The the rainbow coloured hair from what was else was perhaps available on the market and uh, makes 100%. Instagram photos too, right? Yeah, and it just it just made our product stand out that little bit more. Gave us that point of difference, like you mentioned, and ultimately, kids love colour. They love the coloured hair. So we just went to the fundamentals of what kids love and that's colour. So it was just a very, I'm really glad I just took a chance and tried to tweak my product in that way because it changed it for the a million times better. Yeah, and that's that's thing, something too because you would have invested obviously hard-earned money in those $300 almost at the point of ready just to give them away when yeah. just investing a little bit more to change, alter the product slightly then resulted in you actually selling the lot. So yeah. um, that's incredible. Mm. What, what happened then from there, from those first $300 dolls, what was then the next order and the next steps? Yeah, so then we just, I just incrementally grew bit by bit by bit over the next, I'd say, four years. I just placed another 300 order of 300 dolls I was doing very small order quantities and this time I got the colorful wigs straight away because I knew they were going to work and at that time I was hand sewing all of the doll clothes myself as well (laughs) it was completely like it was full it was a lot of physical work for me to make these dolls so yeah we were it was a lot of customization so Having that hands-on approach allowed me to do full custom dolls for people. It allowed me to do one-off, like short runs of specific designs. It was a lot of flexibility, but also a lot of labor in that, which I did not account for my time in any of that. I didn't get paid for that at all. Yeah. That was a labor of love. Yeah. yeah. And as we grew. Was sorry, that, sorry. I was going to say any sort of customization we need to charge extra for. This is 100% correct. And I didn't factor that in. So the first maybe three or four years of my business, I worked completely free just learning the doll craft because it is actually a really, not a difficult industry, but it's a very specific industry. And 
there's a reason why there's not a lot of small businesses in these types of toys because it is actually incredibly difficult yeah. <laughs> and incredibly expensive to do. Yeah. You're not still making the, the clothes yourself, are you? No. So we started to do bulk manufacturing probably, I'd say, three and a half years ago. Okay. So not that long ago. So we were still doing a little bit of sewing ourselves mass sewing but it's just a time it was just taking up so much time to do so yeah we switched it all over but then that came with its own set of issues because then I've got minimum order quantities and all of those sort of things Mm -hmm. to think about it's so true what what sort of minimum order quantities do you are you faced with with dolls I know I mean fashion is is a lot I would imagine a lot less than it would be for. yeah so I have actually managed to find a really sympathetic manufacturer so most of the minimum order quantities in the doll space will be the lowest I found is around five thousand most is around eight to ten thousand wow yeah so it's not an industry that you enter into lightly it's a very you've got to go all in which yeah not a lot of people can do because it's really expensive to do so my manufacturer lets me do smaller runs at a much higher cost so that's the offset there got it got it okay and do you currently still ship uh, and store the products yourself at home? We do, yeah. So we um, we now buy in 40-foot, so high cube 40-foot shipping container loads of dolls, which mm-hmm. is a sight to be seen unloading <laughs> <laughs> a shipping container full of dolls. So I'll always remember my first shipping container. It was a huge, huge high um to receive that many dollars to know that yeah but also very very scary to know that I had to sell them all Um, (laughs) (laughs) we are very lucky to live on acreage so we have six acres here in lovely Port Douglas and my husband has built a ginormous uh warehouse sort of shed come warehouse for Mm -hmm. us both and I have carved out my section of that and I store my stock in there. I have my workshop in there and I can do everything from home, which is fantastic. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Tell me what have been some of the major milestones in your seven years? Yeah, I mean, they've, I wrote them down because I didn't want to <laughs> miss anything. But... No, it's hard because we just keep going. We're just hamsters on a wheel. Like, oh, my wow. Go pack these orders, right? <laughs> See, for me, I think it was because I had that nine months of not a single order not a single order in nine months, which was really like soul crushing stuff. Just getting that first sale after nine months was pure bliss for me. So I will always remember logging in and seeing that first sale. That was unbelievable. But then from there, it was very, when we hit 20K months and then 50K months. And then when we did one of our biggest months ever, which was a 200K month, that was mind blowing, like actually mind blowing. Bearing in mind that I am picking and packing every single order myself for this. Yeah, that is a lot. That, that is, is a lot. I think yeah. that you were in the midst of probably, possibly that month when you were in Ecom Ads Academy because you were at one point, you're like, I'm turning all my ads off. I can't, I've got to go pack all of these. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do get to that point where I physically can't keep up with the amount of orders. So I do have to switch all of my advertising off, which I mean, isn't a great position to be in. You do, but I, I live in an area where it's very hard to get staff. So that's unfortunately what I have to do. Okay. Okay. And 
What have you been, what have some of, I mean, apart from the $300 that didn't sell, what have been some of the more recent challenges, would you say? Yeah. So one other, one other milestone oh, yeah, that I do yeah, want to hit on yeah, yeah. is because this one actually blew my mind as well, because we, when we used to do like a launches of dolls, which I haven't done in a long time, mm. I actually made $20,000 in five hours from a doll launch. What? I never thought there'd be that much of a demand for dolls, but there absolutely was. So we made $20,000 in five hours off of dolls. That is incredible. On a, on a new doll launch? On a new doll design, yeah. Would you yeah. say those people that jumped and, and purchased were your, like a, a warm audience, your existing audience? 100%. They were all existing customers, yeah. So I'm really using that now because I'm basically reinvigorating the business and thinking about how to do things for the future. So having that collectible element to our dolls is going to be crucial because people love to collect them. I love that. And 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 in creating that repeat kind of offer, that repeat purchase, um, you know, to extend the lifetime value of a customer is so important. So yeah, so people mainly have between two to five forever dolls. They don't ever just stop at one. They come back for more and more. Because <laughs> they need a friend. Every doll needs a friend. <laughs> you find, I mean, tell me about the customer. Is it predominantly for children or is it adults that are collecting the dolls as well? No, it's adults collecting the dolls as well. So that it is growing more rapidly. And it's it's surprising. So the age range for our dolls, when I first started, I thought it was going to be really young, sort of three to five. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I was targeting for. But I, this is when I was doing markets in Sydney. And I realised as I was sitting at the market stalls and throughout the day that it was the older girls, like 9, 10, 11, 12, who were absolutely fascinated by these dolls. Um, So that's when I realised I'm in the wrong age range. I need Mm. to be targeting older girls. And it's very true because they don't have a lot of dolls that are Mm. specific for them. There's baby dolls, Baby Alive, all of those sorts of Miniland dolls, which don't interest them at all. Yeah, But our dolls are modern, they're trendy, they've got great hair, they can style them, they can use heat tongs on their hair and do all sorts of amazing stuff with them. So it really resonates with that older age group. I love that. I love that. Tell me, um, what's your favourite What's your favourite role in the business, your favourite tasks in your day-to-day business? What would you say that is? Yeah, definitely the creative side. So designing designing the hair so I design our wigs from scratch using little colored samples so I design the colors that go in there the levels of colors and all that sort of stuff so that was a process I've learned over the years I design all their clothing I design everything like that so that is one of my favorite things to do just having that creativity which is great um and then I'm also a huge fan of email marketing I love getting into my emails and (laughs) setting up my flows and my campaigns it's yeah that's the good stuff I mean and like you said with that twenty thousand dollars in five hours probably a lot of that came off the back of email marketing and having 100 percent. there was yeah zero ad spend on that yeah incredible What's your least favourite part of of running the business? Yeah, and I mean, this goes back to my challenges, which, sorry, I skipped over that for you. So they go hand in hand, and that's the finance and the logistics of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think because I'm 
a solo, like I run solo. I don't have any staff. There's no one in the background. Um, Trying to juggle all those more logistic, technical balls in the air, I find really overwhelming sometimes. I really wish I'd got my bookkeeper straight away instead of waiting a few years and just managing the stock, like managing suppliers. I've never been to any of their workshops or warehouses overseas. So it's all an online relationship. So there's communication issues and all of like stock issues. So yeah, they're the big ones. With the manufacturing side of things, I know this is an experience that I had a lot. I'm, I, I have, you know, I assume that most manufacturers, brands that manufacture their own goods have this problem where the, the factory or the manufacturer is constantly trying to upsell you, constantly pushing you to do more, do more, do more. Um, I know someone, I had a client last week say, you know, I've got a 15 piece collection, but I really only need five piece, but my factory is pushing me to do like all 15 pieces. Is it the same for you in, in the doll industry? Um, no, it's probably a little bit different for us. It's probably me pushing them more. And I believe it comes back to the fact that our dolls, uh, it's an incredibly lengthy process. So they, by the time they make the mould, um, do the vinyl prep, do the vinyl into the moulds, cool them down, paint them, do the wig. Like it's a long process. And if I try and do really large orders for them and ask them to give it to me quite quickly, they have a breakdown. They really... <laughs> They don't cope. Wow, that's that's <laughs> it's interesting. It's a long process. It's probably about eight, eight or so months for me to get a batch of, of dolls, which is a long lead time when you're planning out cash flow. So if I have to cough up $300,000 and then wait eight months to get my stock to be able to sell it, that's why there's no small businesses in this industry. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of money. Yeah. That's incredible. It's so incredible. Um, I mean, tell me for now, is it is it all online or do you, you know, do any face-to-face pop-up shops or anything or markets like that anymore? No, I don't do those anymore. And I think that's, it's twofold. I've got my four girls, so they, mm. they require a lot of attention, a lot of time. Um, but also where we live isn't, um, isn't mm. really helpful with that. So we live quite remotely and Port Douglas in far north Queensland. It's just a tiny little sleepy tourism town. There's not a lot of opportunity for that. So, yeah, unfortunately not. We're just online at the moment, which isn't ideal for our product because it is a very visual product. People kind of fall in love with it. And, like, when they see it and touch it, they want it instantly. So it would do really well in a shop format, but we just don't have the capacity for that. Yeah. Would you consider going into wholesale and wholesaling to other retailers? We 100% will, but unfortunately, (laughs) I now have to, we will be, we absolutely will be in 2024, but I need to wind back the clock and redo my back end to allow that to happen. So it's, it's one of those things where I, if I'd had the foresight I would have planned for that but I never I never viewed our business getting this big but it has which is great but now I just need to take a couple of steps back and get that in line yeah because I guess uh you know going into wholesale means that you have to then really look at your profit margins your manufacturing lead time yeah oh right oh okay yeah I didn't even think of that because at the moment the way we package the dolls is very much 
just for online, like just to be shipped out. It's it yep. doesn't have that shop presence packaging. That's one of yeah. the huge ones. So, oh, yeah. Okay, so there's yeah. quite a lot of moving parts. There is a lot. <laughs> Tell me with your online, obviously if it's online, what is your main driver of traffic and sales, do you think? Facebook ads. Yeah. Facebook ads. <laughs> I have tried every form of ad possible. I've tried Google ads. I've tried TikTok ads. I've tried Pinterest ads. I have tried them all at some yeah. point in time. And without a doubt, Facebook ads is the best form of traffic yeah. for us. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like I said, hand on heart, love Facebook ads for that reason. And so many people that I know, that is their biggest driver. And yeah. I know you you do lots of email marketing, but probably the Facebook ad initially gets them onto the list. And then you take, you know, continue that buyer's journey to warm, you know, warm them up and introduce your brand and then encourage Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Yeah. So we switched off our ads just a little while ago, just to give me a little bit of a breather, a little bit of a break. And you can see that in my Klaviyo account now. You can see where I switched my ads off because your ads feed your email marketing. Uh-huh. Yeah, you do campaigns and you do all that sort of stuff, but for your flows and those sort of things, you still need that fresh traffic coming through to, to still yeah. work with those. Have you always self-managed your ads yourself? Um, no, I've worked with every, again, I've worked with every type of ad management out there so freelancer agency small agency large agency Mm. I've paid a fortune I've paid not much at all um yeah I've tried it all yeah and you'd manage them yourself now though right I do manage them myself now yeah and it was really a um I think having worked with all those different types of people I saw how they worked and what they did and where it was good and where it was bad what worked for us what didn't work for us but I didn't have the confidence to do it myself, particularly mm. the scaling, like the analysis and the scaling was really um, scary for me. So yeah, now I'm confident and I'm doing it myself. I love that. I love that. And that's money you can pay yourself. Well, it's money I can put into the ad spend. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. Yeah. Tell me, I mean, this is a question uh, totally left of center, but I, it's something that I see a lot. Are you paying yourself? a salary or a wage from your business seven years in yes no no and there is a reason for that okay. Okay. <laughs> and I do not recommend it for everyone no so I don't recommend it anywhere I guess everyone <laughs> tells me no I'm like what are you doing you've got to pay yourself. I know and I my I, yeah there's a big backstory for that but it's um I'm very blessed to be in a position where I don't have to so we have enough family income to not have to rely on my business for an income which is fabulous really helped in those early days and now we have we have never sought outside funding to fund our business even though it's incredibly expensive it's always been our family money and then the business just pays us back Um, and now we're really just about we have a huge vision for the business which is going to take a lot of money so I kind of look at it as I'm sacrificing short-term gain mm-hmm. to get a really big long-term gain so when I sell my business I hope to sell it for a, quite a bit tell yeah. me about this 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 vision tell me about what the what the ultimate goal is for forever dolls for you yeah so for us ultimately I would love to move to um, the U.S. So I love Australia. It's fantastic. Everyone loves our dolls, which is great. But unfortunately, 
the 18-inch vinyl dolls industry, which is the type of doll we sell, is very new here still, and it's not something that's actively looked for or it's not a common type of doll. Like if you say Barbie doll, everyone knows the sort of shape, style of a Barbie doll, but not so much when you say 18-inch vinyl doll. (laughs) Um, But in America, it's super common. You say... 18-inch vinyl doll or American girl doll over there, they know exactly what you're talking about. So half of the struggle of explaining what type of product it is is already gone over there. Yeah. So it's, um yeah, it's a big, big industry for us to move in, that one over there. Incredible. And when you say move to, you mean you're still staying, living in Australia, you want to branch the business into? Yeah, we'll move the brand over there. Yeah, definitely. So I found my 3PL. They're amazing. We're, and but we, we won't be moving stock to them for probably 12 or so months, but we've started our conversations and our relationship with them now in preparation for that so that they're on board with everything we're doing and um, can really smooth that transition over there. Fantastic. Um, and we will move our subscription box service over there first. Um and get the brand awareness with the subscription box and then we'll move our dolls over. And really, what does that look like as far as branching into the US? Is that just creating ads to a US audience now? No, there's a few different things. So packaging, there needs to be specific things on the packaging. There needs to be uh, specific sizing. There needs to be all different things with safety around the sort of certifications and all that sort of stuff. And then, yeah, having the creatives be US specific in terms of the spelling and the designs and all of those sort of things. Yeah. But do you think predominantly the marketing efforts, once you get out the product uh, fit for purpose for the US will be sort of just, oh, I'm just going to switch some ads on to America now. Or you look at getting a sales agent or something like that. Um, we would, we definitely want to wholesale when we move over there. So we're going to hopefully move into, my goal is to get into Nordstrom um, because, yeah, that would be amazing to get over there. That's on my vision board, the little, <laughs> little Nordstrom shop. Um, but, yeah, it, it would definitely be an element of wholesale as well because I am aiming to get that really high payout when we sell. So I want to have those multiple streams of income for the business. I love that. And when's that goal to sell? Is there a timeline for that? Yeah. So we've done some really detailed planning on that. I wouldn't be selling within the next seven years. We'll have the next seven years to refine, sort of get everything working well, build that audience over there. Then we'd potentially look at selling, but we may be holding onto it for another couple of years after that and really building up that profit so mm-hmm. that we can sell because I like I want my last decade of effort to be to be yeah. worth it <laughs> and do you envision that the buyer would be like a, a massive toy company yeah 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 purely because or a conglomerate sort of situation purely because it is such an expensive industry to be yeah. in so I would if I had one piece of advice to people it would be really look at the cost of a product and what it would mean to scale that because like our doll wigs just the wig of which there's many many elements to a doll Mm. cost me around thirty dollars oh wow yeah and I buy five thousand at a time (laughs) that's just the wig not the clothing not the shoes not the doll not the hair care kit or the bag there's just so many parts shipping it and the containers to you 
Yeah, it's yeah. a really expensive industry, but I'm hoping that the long-term payoff will also be. Yeah, it's incredible. You've built such a beautiful brand. I have no doubts that one day we'll be seeing you on the front cover of a magazine saying, we just sold our business for a gazillion. An overnight success, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, no, right. It's not, isn't that the, oh, it's so ironic. Like, yeah, this is like, a, you know, it just happened overnight and like, 14 years of not paying ourselves a salary and all these sort of things. Yeah, I will. I'm hoping to next year start paying myself a very modest salary because, again, I just I want to keep just investing back into it and growing bigger and bigger and bigger. But, yeah, I do need to start paying myself a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So tell me a little bit about, for anyone that's thinking about perhaps working with me or learning how to, not even just working with me, whether or not, managing their own Facebook ads themselves is possible, given that it's such, it's, it's the biggest driver in your business. It's, it's such an important element. What would you say to someone that's thinking about toying between, you know, should I use an agency or should I try and master this myself? Yeah, I would 100% would go with mastering it yourself. Even if you use an agency or a freelancer in the beginning, but really look at what they're doing, really understand what they're doing and do a couple of courses. And I say a couple of courses because people teach different things and everyone's got a different idea on how to do things. So having a couple of perspectives is, is always good. But I just think for small businesses, you need the agility of managing your own ads. You need to be able to quickly switch things off, quickly switch things on, not yeah. having to wait for a third party to come in and, yeah. And at the, it's your money. Like, I just feel so much better having control over my ad spend. Yeah. What sort of spend are you doing roughly right now? Well, when your ads are on, I know you said you just switched them off. Yeah. So we, we're actually really modest. So we're only doing around 100, between 100 and $200 a day, which I, I know is, yeah, can be yeah, large to some people. But, I mean, we started out with $10, $15 a day. This mm-hmm. was back in the glory days when you could get a... <laughs> A sale for four dollars. <laughs> oh, those were the days. Not, I know, but uh, it still can be done. I, I think once you, especially if you have the element, all of the elements right, you've got a great a product that's proven that people want. You've made some sales. Your website's, you know, up to scratch. It doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to spend a gazillion dollars on it, but it has to be easy for customers to use. Give them all the information they need, and they can check out seamlessly. If you're also supporting your Facebook ads with email marketing via automated flows and then regular newsletters, you know, once you've got those things, you know, adding the ads just helps, you know, it's, it's like the, you know, oiling the machine, right? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, you've got to have the landscape in mm, place before yeah. you can. Yeah. It's, I think that, and it really, it's quite telling for me when I switch off my Facebook ads, as I said, I do it. And it, I literally know I will just have a dribble of sales coming through because it's just my existing customers coming back to purchase for birthdays or things like that, because I'm not advertising. I won't run the campaigns. When I switch the ads back on, it's like a little money-making machine. <laughs> like it, it just, they just start coming through really consistently and regularly. It's great. I love it. I have a friend with a fashion business and she said, and she's also a, a previous client as well, and we become friends and she's like, Jody, I just duplicated my best performing ad campaign to the US over the weekend because like Australia, not much was happening. And oh my gosh, I'm getting like 30 sales a day. It's just going cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching all day long to yeah. the US market. The like US audience is huge, 
huge. Yeah. yeah, and that's right. It's massive. And given if you sell something that is seasonal, uh, you know, if you start selling, you know, if you sell uh, summer clothing and then you're coming to the end of the summer period in Australia, then you flick on your ads to the US and then you can tap into a whole nother, um, a whole nother market who is in season for that particular product. So yeah so much definitely. potential so much power behind you know facebook and instagram ads and i know some people sort of think oh no aren't they dead now you know and all this sort of stuff but they definitely still work definitely I and mean, you've just got to have a clear idea of your numbers so to mm. find that sweet spots where you can sell a product um and still make a profit but if you know that customer is going to come back again and again and again you've got to factor that into your cost per acquisition yes. like yeah so my cost per acquisition is probably if people knew it, they'd think, oh, that's actually quite high for the price of your dolls. But I know that my doll owners usually buy two or three dolls. So when you factor that over that, it's actually really yeah. good. Yeah, that's true. So if, even if you have, you know, some businesses might be happy to break even or even make a loss on that first initial purchase because they know that the lifetime value of their customers will then pay them back. So yeah, um, it's just about yeah. cash flow, isn't it? It's always <laughs> cash flow is king. Cash flow. I know <laughs> that's where so many businesses, I mean, struggle and and come undone is that cash flow. It is a real it's a real uh, dance around, you know, managing that. So, um, you know. It's, I've learned it is the be all and end all of good business functioning cash yeah. flow. Yeah. You need access to money to keep it going. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. Tell me one last question. What's mm-hmm. it like working with me? What did you like about Ecom Ads Academy? Yeah, so I really enjoyed working with you. So as I mentioned, I'm a bit of a course addict. I've done a lot of courses over the last seven years, like on a lot of different topics. Um, so I've yeah, I I've done all different types of course, but what I really loved about your course was the hands-on support. So I often find that I'll do a course, I get halfway through, I stop because I get distracted or life gets busy, those sorts of things. But what kept me coming back to your course was that I knew you'd go into my ad account and we'd actually (laughs) spend some quality time looking at my ads, not a sample ad, Mm. like my actual ads, which was so valuable. And I got so much confidence that I knew what I was doing from having that sort of feedback on a regular basis that is what I loved about working with you I love that I love that I'm so so thrilled and I think that is what's sort of different about this ecom ads academy program is that I'm actually in people's ads accounts so I've been onboarding some uh, new uh, members today actually having them you know add me into their ads account so you know before our next call I'm going to go in and audit and make sure all their settings are correct and their pixels you know firing and uh, if they've got any campaigns, how they're doing, because I, I am a Facebook ads nerd and I actually love being inside of ads manager. So, um, you know, it's, it's something, you know, my, it's, it's my privilege and my, my, you know, honor to be able to help other people manage their ads, because I know, uh, you know, I've, I've worked with so many people. I've been in the coal face of e-com that it's such an important element. It's, it's, it is pretty much one of usually like, the, you know, accounts for 80 to 90% of, of all traffic and sales for a lot of e-com businesses. So, it's important to get it. Yeah, and just knowing that when we jump on or even just in the Facebook group, because you had access to my account, I knew I could just say, could you have a look at this campaign? I don't know what's happening here. You'd be able to go in and see that. Like you just don't get that level of support with other courses, which I know firsthand. So 
Yeah, well done. That's great. Thank you so much. And like I said, I'm so, so uh, it was it was my absolute privilege to work with you. And I am all off off that. <laughs> what am I? I've lost my words. Uh, like in awe of your brand and the business you've built. It's such a niche, beautiful product. Like everything you put out is just so uh, you know beautiful and bright colors, but it's also so professional. Um, so uh, you know, my hat, hats off to you, and I cannot oh, wait thank to see you how it continues to grow and I can't wait for you to get that big fat check I know we'll do this again in seven years when I've sold (laughs) I love it well thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your story I know I mean I got a lot a lot out of it I'm sure our listeners got lots out of it as well um and just you know I, I love uh you know just keep going just keep swimming and just being open to uh pivoting even slightly you know if, if it feels like something yeah. and have big goals have big audacious goals because who knows they might come true I love that I love that <laughs> thank you so much Emma thank you thank you and I'm going to link uh forever dolls all of the info in the bottom of the show notes of this so you can go and have a look and uh watch in awe like I do and also grab yourself a doll um and yeah thank you so much thank you again thanks Jody. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Online Store Success with me, Jodie Minto. If you loved it, please share it with your friends on Instagram and tag me at I am Jody Minto so I can say thank you. And if you really want to make my day, please go ahead and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and give me a follow. If you'd like my help in starting or scaling your online store, be sure to check out my free resources and programs at jodyminto.com. Thanks again and... Same time, same place next week. Bye for now.